Welcome to Learn Medical Spanish. Today I'll be going over a neuro review of systems, neurological review of systems or ROS. So several questions about the neuro system to ask your patient if you want to go in a little more detail. So this is both a podcast and a YouTube video, and it's similar to some of the content in my CME course. And if you want to find out more details about that, there's a link in the podcast description as well as the video description. So as usual, I'm going to say the phrases in English first, and then I'll give you a chance to think about the translation, and then I'll repeat it a couple times so that you can say it out loud each time and get some extra practice. And that is one of the best ways to, uh, to learn, is to say stuff out loud, because it's going to stick in your head a lot more than if you're just looking at it or just hearing it. Here's the first phrase, and this is the same phrase we've used on other review of systems dialogues. We'll start it off with, do you also have or have you had? And that'll introduce the phrases that come after. So do you also have or have you had? También tiene o ha tenido? También tiene o ha tenido? So you could technically say it exactly like that and just go down the list of a bunch of stuff. But it might be more clear if you choose one or the other, like también tiene a symptom. Do you also have this whatever symptom it is right now? Or también ha tenido, have you also had this other diagnosis in the past? So you could pick and choose if you're just asking about something more specific. But you could also say that full sentence and then just move on to these other phrases. So here we go. Any area of numbness or tingling? Alguna área Entumecida u hormigueo. Alguna área entumecida u hormigueo. So that word hormigueo means tingling, and it sounds like the word for ants, which is hormigas, so it's like ants crawling on you. And then that word entumecida, or area entumecida, would refer to a numb area, an area of numbness. And there are other ways to say numb, but this is probably the most correct way to do it. There's a shorter word that sounds really similar, which is entumida, or entumido. And in some places, that can mean numb as well, but it depends on the country the patient is from. Quick reminder, if you're looking at the... Um, the blog post or the YouTube video, if, if anything's in parentheses, words in parentheses can be left out and the phrase should still make sense. Okay, next word is weakness. Debilidad. Debilidad. Point to where. As in, where are they weak? Point to where. Señale donde. Señale donde. 
So, of course, that would be if they're weak in a certain part of their body. If you wanted to ask if it was the whole body, you could say todo el cuerpo. Todo el cuerpo. That's not on my list here, but I guess that would be a useful one as well. If you want to say, is it the whole body? Okay, next, next word, headache. Dolor de cabeza. Dolor de cabeza. A quick tip. I heard once from a, a medical interpreter. She said that usually if it's if it's hurting kind of on the top or the front of the head, they'll use a phrase like this, dolor de cabeza. But if it's the back of the head, then they'll often put their hand on the back of the head and say, dolor en el cerebro, like, dolor, like meaning pain in the brain. So it's just a little subtle thing about how some Spanish speakers refer to the location of the pain. So the brain, they're kind of thinking more the back of the head, or the head, they're thinking more the top or the front. Next word, confusion. Confusión. Confusión. So there's another word that is spelled exactly the same in Spanish and English, but you got to work on your pronunciation skills. So if you know how to how to sound out all the letters and the vowels in particular, then you could say that perfectly. Confusión. But if you don't really know what the vowel sounds are in Spanish, then you got to brush up on that. And I have a video about that. I haven't made a podcast episode about that yet. I guess I could do that. But I have a video about that and a blog post about that, um, which maybe I'll put in the resources or you can find it pretty easily on my YouTube channel or my website. Dizziness. Mareos. Mareos. So maybe something that would help you remember this is that the word the word for sea, like S E A, sea, like ocean, is mar, M A R. So I think probably the the etymology of this word is that it's like being seasick. Um, so that's why it's mareos or mareado. Um, so it's like you're on a boat. So dizziness is. Dizziness is mareos. Next, a spinning sensation. Una sensación de dar vueltas. Una sensación de dar vueltas. So that means a sensation of giving turns, kind of. So that's like the literal translation, like you feel like you're spinning. Lack of balance. Falta de equilibrio. Falta de equilibrio. Migraines, diagnosed by a doctor.
migrañas diagnosticadas por un doctor. Migrañas diagnosticadas por un doctor. So, of course, the second part of that is just, if you want to clarify, is this official migraines? Because a lot of people just use the word migraine, right? Even if they don't, haven't been officially diagnosed. Seizures. Convulsiones. Convulsiones. Which, of course, sounds like convulsions. So there's a ton of words like that where where there it's like a synonym that sounds the same. It sounds the same as a synonym. <laughs> like that equilibrio which would be equilibrium. So if you have a lack of balance, you have a lack of equilibrium. All right, next, a stroke. Derrame cerebral. Derrame cerebral. An embolism. Una embolia. Una embolia. So to clarify, this, this has to do with how they say stroke in Spanish, uh, which is very different from English. So... The most common way to say it is derrame cerebral, but what does that actually mean? That means a brain bleed. So there's a bit of a, you know, a, it's kind of an inaccurate term in most cases, right? If we're talking about an ischemic stroke versus bleeding. So the word that, the phrase that you usually use means brain bleed. So, um, so if you wanted to talk more about the type where it's a lack of blood flow, then that's where the, the phrase they would often use would be like an embolism, una embolia. So you could try to clarify, but usually if you say derrame, then if they've had any kind of stroke, they would probably say yes to that. Bleeding in the brain? Sangrado en el cerebro? Sangrado en el cerebro? So that's not really meant to refer to a stroke per se, because again, if they were thinking of a stroke, they'd probably say derrame, uh, derrame cerebral, as opposed to sangrado. So this is just like any other kind of bleeding in the brain, right? That's not always, um, in, not always part of a stroke. An enlarged artery in the brain. Una arteria agrandada en el cerebro. Una arteria agrandada en el cerebro. So that's a, just a, like a layman's way to explain an aneurysm, in case that wasn't clear. A brain tumor. Un tumor en el cerebro. Un tumor en el cerebro.
elevated pressure in the brain. Presión alta en el cerebro. Presión alta en el cerebro. And I don't know, you know, if people would understand this phrase very often. What I mean is, if they've never had that type of problem, they might not really know what you're talking about. But if they have had that kind of problem, then they probably would get it and be like, oh, yeah, I did have that. You know what I mean? Just because it's like most people don't know you can have high pressure in your brain, <laughs> maybe. So, all right. Next phrase, hydrocephalus or water on the brain. Hidrocephalia o agua en el cerebro. Hidrocephalia o agua en el cerebro. So, of course, those are kind of two different ways to say it. Again, if somebody's had hydrocephalus, they might know the term. Um, but whether they've had it or not, they might not know the term. And so then they would be more likely to understand the second version, which is water on the brain or agua en el cerebro, which is a way to say that in Spanish. Next, a brain infection. Infección en el cerebro. Infección en el cerebro. So that was a little longer dialogue, um, but, you know, there's a lot of clarifications about neurological stuff that can be helpful sometimes. So hopefully that was helpful. I got some more dialogues on my YouTube channel and on the podcast, of course, and there's a link there if you're on YouTube to a playlist of some of those and also a, a link to a video that uh, explains my CME course in detail. And more re there are some other resources in the video description or the podcast episode description. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Learn Medical Spanish. The Learn Medical Spanish podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to see your own medical providers. It also is not a substitute for using a medical interpreter when needed. 